0: So good evening everyone. We're continuing our discussion of the Dhammadharastakam, and we're just really beginning with the first verse. Our first uh, discussion involved more the uh, the genesis of the Dhammadharastakam with regard to its having a place within the uh, Gaudiya Vaishnav community as we heard it um appears in the um, in, in one, of the, one of the chapters of Hari Bhakti Bilas that's dedicated uh to the month of Kartik, uh Kartik Mahatmya there. Glorification of the Kartik month is uh, the subject of that chapter. And uh Srinathana Gosami, Goswami Prabhu has drawn uh verses from many different uh texts uh, expressing the virtues of
1: um,
0: uh, the month of Damodar, Svalopamapi mm. Urukaraka. It is said that uh, it is of the nature uh, that um, by doing a little, one derives a great result, such is the nature of the um, of the month and of the person uh, whom it speaks about ostensibly Damodar, but um, uh, if we look between the lines, so to speak, then the name Dhamadhar uh, speaks about uh, Dhamma means really to punish hmm. or it means ropes in terms of like tying up, binding and Udara means the belly so, to um, it, the, the name Dhamadur is about bhakti, hmm. it's about the ability of bhakti to capture, to punish, to to control hmm. Krishna. Hmm. And thus, the Dhamadur month is about Radha, who is the full face of bhakti, Mahabhava Swarupani, as we often say, there's a little bhakti in every devotee. She presides over the Ladini Shakti and uh, over this Rup Shakti in general, which is, uh, Bhakti is constituted of. Bhakti is, con- is a Shakti. It's constituted of the essence of Krishna's internal energy, his Sarup Shakti, and it descends of its own will and goes, um, she goes wherever she likes. Bhakti Devi is another name for Radha, the presiding deity. Of bhakti, so by the name, it would appear that the month is about Krishna in one sense. But if we look carefully at Krishna, close enough, we we'll see there's someone standing next to him, hmm? and if we keep looking, we we'll see there's the two of them become one, and a third person, as chaitanya mahaprabhu, and as such, we know about all these things, and it was he, as we heard, who commissioned. Uh, Sri Sanatana Prabhu to, among other things, write a book about the Vaishnav decorum the um, and the procedures for the uh, community of Vaishnavas that will come under your auspices um, um, in pursuit, as you are, of my ecstasy and what I'm about. Uh, this is the forming of the Gaudi Vaishnav society or the Godiya Vaishnava sampradaya, Chedhat Sadhana Goswami is, uh, is really the architect of the society. He's giving, in this sense, some structure to it. The book Hari Bhakti Vilas, of course, is a lengthy um, text, and um, it um, has been applied over the ages under the direction of different acharyas, Um Differently at different times and different circumstances and I think we, we talked about that But it's an important text As much as the, the character and, and the procedures And what not the, the smriti of the, the Vaishnavas um, Bodhi Vaishnavas um, Are concerned This is this is what the book is about We don't have to follow the manu smriti Or such books that uh, Preside over the Dharma marg this is the, ka- the Karma Marg, uh, another way of saying it. This is the Bhakti Marg. Hmm? We have our own um, guidelines. And this is the Chaitanya Bhakti Marg. So, important work of uh, Sanatana Goswami. And as I say, as we've heard, one of the chapters is all about the Kartik You may note also, uh, that in Bhaktarasamrita-sindhu, the tome on bhakti of Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada, probably, I mean, undoubtedly the most comprehensive uh, dissertation on the nature of bhakti, the only thing that uh, has some uh, resemblance to it is the earlier work of Narada, Narada Narada-bhakti-sutras, and of course it pales in comparison in terms of its its depth and richness and and so forth, and that's not default. Narda, no, indeed the very definition of bhakti um, given by Rupa Goswami, that is, that his whole book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, evolves out of into various chapters. That verse, Anya Bilashita Sunyam Gyan Karmadi Anavritam Anukulena Krishna shilanam Bhakti Ruttama. He has in putting that verse together referred to one of Nard's verses. Hmm? That verse is what is that verse? Rishikena Rishikesha Sebanam Bhakti Ruchare, What is that? how does it begin? Hmm. Sarvopati. So from there, from the tantric side, um, um, of the sacred texts, um, also from Gopal Tapani, from the Shruti, and, uh, the, 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 particular Shruti text or Upanishad that is, um, Gopal Tapani. I mean, Tapa means light. It means knowledge. Knowledge is often graphically depicted as light. A light bulb goes off in the head, uh, and so on. Um, top also means austerity. It means, in a sense, restraining the senses. And if our, if we restrain our senses from going outward in relation to the sense objects, then we, we end up going inward and becoming introspective. Even if our senses are forced to be restrained from sense objects, for example, if we were imprisoned or something like that, um, we would we would we would to live in such a situation. One has to go within hmm, and find deeper meaning and purpose that lies beyond external and physical circumstances. Hmm? Value in life, really, and a meaningful life does not depend on external circumstances still we should try to find favorable circumstances for bhakti <laughs> that's true we're told to tolerate that's true but we're also told to find favorable circumstances for bhakti and within the context of that whatever we have to tolerate we will some of my brothers have told me at times that you know if you could have stayed in a particular group under a particular administration you could have developed tolerance I said uh, <laughs> We've got plenty of opportunity to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to. <laughs> um, we need a favorable environment. This is equally emphasized. And in the context of that, there will be things to tolerate. But anyway, tapa hmm? up, um, as it means it means austerity. It it, it it means knowledge. So restraining the senses from sense objects causes us to go within and be introspective and. and and so on and so forth and get light and Gopal Tapanimit that introspection that Swaha that sheds light on Gopal there the mantra the central mantra of Godi Vaishnava is found Gobindaya Krishnaya Gobindaya Gopujana Balavaya Swaha and that Swaha is the very principle of sacrifice embodied in the person of Radha, the sacrificing deity. Mm -hmm. A fellow once, uh, not long, a couple years back, uh, challenged one of my students that he said, in our religion we have the real God because in our religion our God is sacrificing, a sacrificer, a giver, and your God is a taker, a playboy, an enjoyer. So when I was told that, I replied uh, to my student, I said, you should have told him that in order for there to be a sacrificer, there needs to be an enjoyer on the other end. Hmm? In order to give everything, there has to be someone who can take everything. That's why Krishna's two Bhagavan swayam is important, because it 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 gives us one of the two things we need to engage in unconditional love or giving, we need a center that can take unlimitedly. We have to find that. Hmm? That is the meaning of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swami. Or Kilarasamrita Murti, same idea. He can take unlimitedly. So if we give there, and then the second part is if we give without expectation of return, then we have the the, uh, formula for unconditional uh, giving. Hmm? So... So, Krishna, we have, on the other end, the enjoying end, right? And it just so happens that the enjoying center to which all sacrifice is to be offered is such that by accepting the offering, it reconstitutes it and distributes it everywhere, like the stomach reconstitutes food that's taken by all the parts of the body. We walk to get it we use our hands to prepare it we use our t- mouth and teeth and tongue to to taste and chew it and then swallow it and and then the stomach reconstitutes it and sends the energy to all the parts of the body hmm? so properly understood the taker is also uh, a giver hmm? but besides that and I didn't make the point at the time but it comes to my mind now and so I'm telling the story excuse me that in our religion, we have the supreme taker, but we have an example of giving that exceeds yours as well. And then you should study the person of Radha and what is her her, her nature, and so forth and so on. Um, and of course, the leelas between Radha and Krishna have great power to to touch the human um, Emotional makeup and allow us to bond with the absolute in a way that um, another form that may touch your guilt uh, doesn't do as comprehensively in other words, if some by sacrificing on the cross, and we might feel emotionally a bonding with the godhead through guilt that was kind of the conclusion, I think, of the reviewers of Mel Gibson's movie about the crucifixion some years ago. Hmm? But in Krishna Leela, in the interactions between Radha and Krishna, we we find a whole range of human emotions are played out, and when we hear them, hmm, then we we bond with those moments when the Godhead is most human-like. We can identify with it, he's like us, something like that. So these are very powerful uh, narratives given to us by the Goswamis, by the Bhagavatam and so forth, because we are emotional beings, and this is a very natural way to bond with the deity, hmm? through our own emotional experience of life, Mm. and the Godhead having similar experiences in relation to his devotees. Mm. So, you know, Rupa Goswami is drawn from gopal from from Narda's uh, writings, also from Bhagavatam, the third canon, and the, 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 the definition of devotion given by Kapiladev to Devahuti to come up with his own verse describing bhakti. So in his tome, Bhaktirasamrita-sindhu, the nectar of the ocean of bhakti rasa with regard to Kartik, um, he, he he lists it its observance observance of Kartik as one of the angas of bhakti. He doesn't list the other three months of the Chaturmasa. You can follow that if you like, but but they're all complete, if you will, and more uh, by observance of the of this month, which is done in various ways, as described in Hari Bhakti Vilas. Um, but in principle, uh, some. Some, some little sacrificing <laughs> extra and it brings a very big result. Like I said at the end of the night, water is not a big thing, but if you're in the desert, it's huge. So this is a month where a little service brings a big amount of reciprocation. Reciprocation will come from the absolute relative to the necessity. So, hmm. that's why, um, Bhaktivinoda once commented on the necessity of 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 Radha, the object of his worship, at the time of their meeting with Krishna at Gurukshetra. They had come so close, but they were still so far away. They could not, because the setting was not there, vrindavan they could not unite in Parakia. Hmm? So in Radha's necessity was very great at that time. Pujapachiramarsha compared it to the team football team getting to the one yard line and not making the touchdown hmm? so when a necessity was very great Bhakivinotakura said let me reside there and render service to her in that condition that will be good for me because the nature of the necessity the measure of the necessity will determine the measure of the remuneration hmm? so uh, he's just making a point there he didn't really want to just live in Kurukshetra, but but
1: yeah.
0: point of, as I as I've made. So, in in the uh, Hari-bhakti-vilas in this chapter, um, among other things, we have the dhamana It's It's uh, perhaps uh, f- found originally in the Padma Purana. It's written by Satya Muni, and um, it comes to us in Gaudiya Vaishnavism uh, through. Uh, this way through Hari Bhakti and the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the Sanatana Goswami so Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada ke jai, <laughs> and uh, and Goswami has written a commentary also on the Dhammadharasthakam a brief commentary Dig Darshini which means like it means like direction Darshini to get the direction to get the right orientation something like that how to understand it Properly, you may proceed to take advantage of all that it, it, it offers. Um, the um, and that that uh, bhakti um, pragyan keeshav marge one of the Prabhupada's god brothers, he, uh, uh, I rendered it into Hindi and uh, their sect gurudevant Samiti many years ago rendered it into English as well, so it's been around. Um, this is the sannyas guru of Prabhupada, Bhakti Pragyankesha of Maharaj. So it's bona fide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, we will speak a little from the, uh, the about the, the different prayers here, and uh, we'll refer to the Goswami's commentary as well. Hmm. So um, here in the first verse, namam ishwaram, satchiranandarupam lasat kundalam gokule brajmanam Yashodhri Bhoolu Kaladha Vamanam Parameshtha Madhyam Tatovdutyopya. So, then Kusami has uh, divided his uh, this verse into uh, um, uh, understood it as an explanation of the tattva of Krishna, the beauty of Krishna, the parikara, or associates of Krishna, and the leela of Krishna. Hmm. so we'll go through those uh, tatvas if you will the uh vishesh of them the specifics of them and uh, beginning with the tatva namam ishwaram sachiranandarupam so along with it uh, speaking about the tatva about the deity uh, in this first line of the verse the, uh, author, the Muni, um, as is appropriate in prayer, offers his respect to the, the Namam Ishwaram. In a broad, uh, sense, uh, he invokes the, the, the word Ishwar. It means God, the controller. Namam Ishwaram. Hmm? Nama means not me. It's a very nice idea, uh, kind of a, a a greeting even within uh, Hinduism. Namaskar, hmm? Namaste. Hmm? Um, it's not it's not about me. It's about you. Something like that, hmm? and uh, about the the deity within you. And I offer my respect to you who are carrying the Lord in the heart. And uh, this kind of respect for others is an important um, aspect, actually, of, of bhakti It's often lost, unfortunately, in some devotees, and that's pointed out in the Bhagavatam itself by Kapila Muni to his mother, Devahuti, when he says that those offerings to me, of ghee and so forth, that are um, made by persons who at the same time do not have respect for other living beings— I consider those offerings to be like what, um, um, G- G- ghee poured G- into ashes. Mm. So that's a big waste of ghee to pour onto ashes. But it's all, it's wasted. Mm. Which is an interesting point because all you know to offer ghee to the Lord is a nice thing. So the ingredients are nice, looks good, and so forth. But the offering is hollow. Mm. Um, it's a point an interesting point that comes up in relation to Rupa Goswami's definition of bhakti also because he says bhakti should be anukul, favorable. And by contrast, the example is given by the commentaries of Mother Yasoda, who's part of the, central to the Dhammadharastakam here, um, who uh, is not offering beautiful things to Krishna but rather chasing him with a stick and tying him up. Mother ties child, you know, Up in backyard, it's it's bad. (laughs) Should be on CNN. Ties infant up. Trees fall. You know, (laughs) Uh, and so forth. But what was her attitude? We have to. We'll come to that, of course. And then, what is the attitude of the of the man offering? The you know, he comes in, offers the rupee in the box, and makes a light with the ghee and. But he wants something from him. Give me this, give me that. And he disregards the discourse that's going on in the temple because he has no regard for the Vaishnav. So, so not good. So, um, <clears throat> so, um, he sees the deity, doesn't regard the Vaishnava, and as Kapila is saying, if he doesn't have regard for other ordinary people as well, then I, I don't get anything out of his offering. Hmm? The Interesting thing about offering, of course, is that there are formalities for that, and that's important to help us. Sometimes people say, "Well, what does God need to eat?" You know, what do you? God doesn't need to eat anything. God doesn't need any money. God doesn't need a temple. So why are you spending your time like this? They got this. You might have heard of this at times, and those of you out there. Selling the books and so forth and asking for money. (laughs) Uh, um, In Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's mission, they built a marble temple in uh, Bengal, in uh, Calcutta. That time, previous to that time, the Vaishnavas, the Gauri Vaishnavas were all living in the Dhams, in Namadweep and Puri and Vrindavan. They wouldn't go to Calcutta, that was Maya, the land of Maya. Hmm. It was very bold on the part of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur to go to Calcutta and to erect the famous marble temple. It just didn't, such a thing didn't exist at the time. There were the old, old temples constructed by the Rajas under the inspiration of Rupsanatana and Vrindavan, for example, Radhagavinda Mandir and Damodar, and so on and so forth, um, done by the kings, but they were in the Doms. So to go to Calcutta and establish a temple, the Gaudi of Aishinav people, the community, thought this, this guy's crazy here for going there. And then they, the sannyasis would be sent out in the brahmacharis to raise money from the pious people for the temple. Hmm. And they would get this kind of reaction, like you know, well money could be spent on feeding people, and you're just uh, giving it to the for the you know marble temple. God doesn't need a marble temple. Uh, there was a famous verse that uh, was part of a, 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 a song or an austicum composed by bhakti Saddhantha in Bengal in Bengali that was sung when they took the deity from the rented house into the finally constructed Bhagbazar marble temple and the centerpiece of that uh, verse it really encapsulates what uh, bhakti sadddhanthasarshi uh, preaching was all about goes something like this. Pujala Matola kirtan hmm. That um our position is that, that we will we are not interested in reverential worship, like in Bakunta, we're interested in the Ragmarg, but we're interested in worshiping with reverence the Rag Marg, holding it above our head in hua rup sanatan. Gopis and Gopikas and Gopas and Gopikas and so forth. And what is that life of Vrindavan? And we will do Hari Kirtan, preach about that, what it is. And much of our preaching, 80% of it will be what it is not. What it is not, to distinguish it from what people might might misconstrue about it. Hmm? Um, and in this way, by Hari Kirtan, hmm, um god of abange the rev, the god of this means reverence will be will be overridden hmm? as we preach about that and show regard for it rather than imitating it and thinking ourselves qualified to go there with our shoes on and so forth then by speaking about it appropriately then it will our regard for it will be broken by its own uh uh, kind of dispensation, it will be attracted to that. Hmm? This is how Mahabrabhu's movement began at once as he was doing kirtan in Sri Vasangam and nobody could get in except his associates. Some people insisted they should be allowed in for this reason or that and they were rejected. But some people felt they would like to get in but they weren't qualified. They sat on the bank of the Ganges and and pined for that and for them he came out. Hmm? So, bhakti is something like this. In a sense, we kind of need to position ourselves in such a way as to attract the sympathy of Krishna and his his associates. Hmm? Imitation of a good thing to a point can be be a good thing. When um, when we were kids, when I was a kid, we went to the bus stop to go to school, and if a girl liked you, she'd somehow find out through the grapevine what your favorite colors were and show up wearing a red dress or whatever or just happened to have a piece of apple pie, or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> they found out what you liked, and then, you know, acted accordingly, something like this. A sadhana, something like that. We see great devotees, they dress, they conduct themselves like that, so we dress up like that, and, and, and uh, it becomes a, uh, a possibility of attracting Krishna's attention, attracting their sympathy. I mean, I saw Prabhupada, I mean, I, obviously, we dressed like Prabhupada, and we talked like him, broken, broken English too. He was so, it was so ridiculous. But, uh, but uh, and he Prabhupada gave me sannyasa. I was 25 years old, and um, I see him several times, chuckle, just chuckle it, just look at me and chuckle. <laughs> you know, but it was very, very generous and. Uh, and um, warm, and um, accepting. Hmm? Accepting, imitation of a good thing, like, you know, a child tries to wear the father's shoes, you know, everybody goes, isn't that cute? You know, Of course, after a while, he's got to wear them, <laughs> otherwise it's not cute. <laughs> By the time you're, you know, many years involved, and so forth, and so on, but in the beginning. So, bhakti is very generous. So, to, to draw the this, this, this sympathy of the... Uh, It is said that humility is, uh, as we grow, as humility grows, Sanatana Goswami in his Spirit Bhagavatam has said, there is a point where humility becomes synonymous with bhakti, and humility fosters bhakti and bhakti fosters humility, and they play off of one another like this. So the humility is very important, of course, and it's, it's something like a bucket that doesn't have holes in it. So you think, there I'll pour the water, there, It will stick there, it will hold there. Hmm? So it's a good uh, good receptacle. Hmm? Mahabha was mandated as part of the decorum of his devotees to be humble like a blade of grass and so on and so forth. Hmm? Of course, that has to be properly understood. It's not a, a recipe for psychological dysfunction and so forth in the name of humility. Humility before the truth, and you have to know what the truth is, and sometimes you have to say no. I'm not doing that because this is the truth here and so forth. So, at any rate, <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, bhakti is such that that it includes, as we're saying, respect for all people. Bhakti, even though Thakur put it like this, "Jibe doi kusna nam sarva sar. The essence of dharma is is namkirtan and Kindness to all living beings But to speak of other Devotees to Respect for all living beings hmm? So Hindus kind of Have this built in here With this kind of greeting Opposed to the handshake It's hands folded And namaste, namaskar So Not me, it's not about me It's about you, something like that Once I was told by Pujapada Marj, If you want to understand Vrindavan go to the howrah train station in calcutta which is a madhouse especially when the train pulls up and everybody just whoo, tries to get in the little doors and pushing 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 everybody hordes and hordes of people so how am i supposed to understand rindavan by going to the howrah train station he says you have to go there and look at it and watch it and then think of it what it would be like in reverse the train pulls up and everybody goes, you first. No, you first. No, you first. No, you first. No, you first. Right. So this is Vrindavan, something like this.
1: Hmm? Hmm?
0: Everyone thinking of the welfare of others and capable of being um, well wishes of others because of having Krishna in the center of their lives. So, here the Muni, at any rate, he invokes the term Namaste, Namam. Ishwaram, and Ishwaram, as I said, is a general term. It means controller, it means God. Um, And uh, uh, Sanatana Prabhu has given three ideas here. The Muni is asking by invoking the term Ishwaram, uh, he is thinking that uh, his deity here, whom he's offering respects to, is Sarva Shakti Man, or the possessor of all Shakti. This is what makes him the Ishwar. He has all power. Hmm? And he is asking for the power from the sarva shakti to be able to glorify him accurately and adequately. The second part is impossible, but at least accurately, hmm? uh, in terms of rasa, in terms of tattva. Hmm? Uh, he's imploring him for that, that kind of power. Um, we uh, find uh, Prabhupada making a prayer also, famous prayer, very important prayer, very central to his whole ideal and the way in which he pursued it. The prayer he wrote in the Jaladutta where he negotiates with Krishna and asks for the power to do the bidding of, uh, as he understood, the bidding of Radharani, coming through the person of Bhakti saraswati thakur who was himself absorbed in Radhasya, and had asked our Prabhupada, to go to the West and preach. So he negotiated with Krishna. My dear Krishna, my dear friend Krishna, um, it's known uh, as a fact and it's fixed forever in all time, like the pole star Dhruva, which uh, other planets are thought to orbit around. If you please Radharani, your life will be successful. This is how Prabhupada approached him. Very insightful. That will certainly get Krishna's intention attention. You know that about me. And so, my guru, who is representing Radharani, has asked me to do something. Hmm? And I think it would be good for you if you give me the power <laughs> to do that. <laughs> then your life will be successful. Hmm? This is how he negotiated in his prayer. This wasn't a p- prayer for public consumption. This is his own private moments on the, on the board the boat and so forth. Of course, it's become available. Pujupati Shridharmarsh gave a very deep explanation of it, part of which we're touching on here. But the whole of Gaudiya is right there in the, in that negotiation. This is, he's addressing Krishna as his friend. My dear friend, hm? Mm-hmm. Here's how I think. This is a moral instruction. Uh, offered to Krishna on the part of Prabhu which is typical of Krishna's romantically involved friends friends who are involved in his romantic life like Subal, the leader of them To uh, Subal in particular is very expert at offering moral advice to Krishna and giving him counsel with regard to getting Radha's favor and so forth which is his Krishna's preoccupation so we find Prabhupada expressing his mood of course later in the prayer from that he then goes half of the prayers about Sharanagati, about uh how to deserve. As Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur used to say, first deserve, then desire. So let's say, for example, as it means let's say you want to go to India. So you come to me and say, Swami, I want to go to India. Can you tell me all about it? And I say, Well, have you got a? Uh, you got did you get, have you got your ticket? No. Have you got a passport? A visa? No. Have you got a passport? No. Have you got any money? No. Have you got a job? No. Okay, you want to talk about going to India? Here's what I suggest. Get a, peep, get a newspaper out or go on the Internet on Craigslist and look for a job. I want to talk about India. Get a job. So I'm, I'm talking about India. You want to go to India? You want to talk about it? I'm talking to you about it. Get a job. That doesn't make sense. Or somebody says, Swami, I want a mango. Very good, I can give you one. Hmm? I heard they're very juicy and delicious. Yes, they are. I'll give you one. I have one right here. Swami pulls out a dried mango seed. Hmm? says, here's one. Here's what you do with it now. Dig a hole and put it in the ground. What? Uh, they're supposed to be juicy and hanging from trees that are up high. You're telling me to bury it in the ground. Yes, but if you have faith, then you put it in the ground, you water it. Or in the other analogy, you get a job, you get money. Come back. What now? Okay. Now go get a passport. Okay. Now go get a visa. Hmm? Now get a ticket. Now get the travel log, and let's talk about it. Hmm? What it will be like. Now it's now it's time to really get into the details and where you should go and so on and so forth. Because hmm? you 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 now you're at a point where it's it's you you've you've done the work. Hmm? So to speak you've deserved you've surrendered in the, in the example of bhakti hmm? you've done the 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 submission hmm? and so the stage the dramatic stage of Sharnagati is in place, and so the drama of the Leela will be appearing there soon, no doubt, so now it's time to really talk significantly about about, about the leela and what your role might be there in the drama hmm? but not on, on day one, something like that. Mm. So, we find in Prabhupada's prayer, the first half of the prayer, after the refrain which I've just explained, he very beautifully uh, petitions, uh, in in a mood of a sharanagata, a surrendered soul, and so forth. And then, having done that, in the second part of the prayer, he expresses longing, lalasa, longing. Mm. Um, yeah, then, of course, the famous line. What does he say? Um, it's very beautiful. Hmm? Um, that he says, Oh, my dear friend, when, he longing, when will I, throughout the day, run and frolic and somersault on the ground in playful sports through the various pastures and forests of Vrindavan with you in playful, sportive mood, Hmm. expressing his ideal of of, uh, uh, sakya rasa. So, uh, he prayed for the power to do the work by which he would have that kind of samadhi. <laughs> he was, he, by the time he's praying for this, that, that ideal, um, he, he put the two together. What did he do? He, uh, he came here selflessly, emptied himself out and so forth. Krishna filled him up with the power. So here the Muni is praying for the power, Shakti, to just to, to be able to glorify him. What The implications, What? how can he... What can I do? What can I say about him? He is such the Ishwar as is. I conceive him, Satchirananda Rupam, and we'll hear who his deity is. What can I say about him? How can I possibly adequately um, glorify him? So I need spiritual power, of his own power, to say something about him. Hmm? This is the idea. And secondly, Sanatana Prabhu says the word Ishwaram here also in is invoked uh, for the purpose of saying on the part of the Muni that you are the Ishwaram. And that means here, secondly, Jagat Eknath, the one Lord of the world, the one Lord of the world. Because the word Ishwar may be used in different ways. And what's central to Bhakti is the idea that what? Sharanam Raja. sarva dharman puritya It means give up all other gods. And goddesses, all of whom are invoked, prayed for within Varnashram. The Varnashram is a is a polytheistic um, perspective, hmm? and uh, it has its beauty in that it's petitioning all the gods and goddesses that represent different powerful manifestations of nature. That I might show gratitude in my pursuit of sense indulgence, and factor into that taking from the environment some sensibilities about uh, uh, about the godhead and uh, my dependence and so forth and again the real gift within the varnashram system is not what you get from the sacrifice but the fact that you developed a tendency to sacrifice hmm? then you then you grow hmm? and as that grows then within the context of inquiring about dharma then you can inquire about about brahman about the inner world and so forth and about rasa brahma jignasu rasa jignasu so he makes a nice point here by saying ishwaram he by using the term he's referring to the one god hmm? krishna hmm? vishnu but um not to the many many gods in varnashram so it's a it's a prayer of shudha bhakti hmm? Um, the, again, this is how the Gita concludes. You should have faith in this. And and the and, and Shraddha that Krishna is expressing to Arjuna is the is eligibility to tread the path. Have faith in this, not in any god or goddess and any other method, but just me alone, that faith alone, and then I will take care of you. I will protect you. So this is speaking about really entry level to bhakti this the shraddha corresponds externally with the sharanagati sharanagati mm. is the outer symptoms of the inner faith so you can measure our faith by the extent to which we are involved in sharanagati which is sixfold and to embrace it is, is an important anga of of bhakti mm. ananya bhakti this kind of bhakti, different kinds of you know, exclusive bhakti, shuddha bhakti, uttam bhakti, ananya, eight kantu, different terms, but they all mean the same thing. So the point here is that, that the, the Muni is speaking about this, this is what this is about. It's interesting because inside of the the chapter there are various things, statements drawn from different Puranas by Sanatana Goswami glorifying the month of Kartik. In terms, in other terms, in other words, if you follow the Kartik, you'll get this, or you'll get that. If you don't, this will happen to you, or that will happen to you. But the central piece, in one sense, of the chapter is the Dhammantarastikam, which is about Uttam Bhakti. And thirdly, the term Ishwar here also refers to the Pranishwar. So this then becomes takes a, a, a turn in the, in the charming... Direction. We find this, uh, two uses of the word Ishwar in Mahaprabhu Shikshastakam also. In the fourth verse he says, Na dhanam, na janam, na sundaram, jagad isha, kamaye. He says, I don't want money, uh, I don't need an, 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 a material relationship, um, uh, I don't need uh, the... Uh, uh, Following of others, praise of others, nadanam, nadanam, nasundarim, kabitam. Neither, neither have I have any use for the, for the high society, kabi, the, the, the arts, the opera, <laughs> the arts, the sophisticated culture that, it somewhat displaces you from your Material orientation, like in the arts, and you go and you're displaced from your seat and projected emotionally into the drama, to some extent. But it's all secular. If it's the bhakti drama, that's another thing. But hmm, so I, I don't have any need for this. Nadanam na na sundrimum kabitam ba jagat isha kamari or the jagat ishwar, the Lord of the world, jagat isha. Jagat means the world, isha who presides over all these things he's presiding over all these desires hmm, right he provides the world he gives the sanction to the demigods that they can provide when people approach them and so on and so forth mahaprabhu says i have no need for this ishwar the ek nath ishwar the second interpretation of ishwar here in the in the in the, in the and then he says, "What Nadanam dhanam na janam na sundrime ba jagrish kamae mama janmani janmani ishwaraye babatad bhakti arahoi tokitoi." He used the word "ishwar" a second time. The second time he's saying, "I don't need the jagadishwar and all that he presides over, all the desires, in material life, even up to liberation." Says, "Mama janmani janmani ishwaraye babatad bhakti arahoi." But I have interest in the Isha, Ishwar, of my bhakti. Hmm? Hmm. I am only inter- I want to do only bhakti. Hmm? I don't care about acquiring things, neither about getting away from the things. Hmm? I just want to do bhakti to my, the ishwar the lord of my, my heart. So this is where the paramatma is displaced, so to speak, from the heart. And Krishna is taking his, his seat there. This is as the stage, theatrical stage, dramatic stage of Sharanagati in Ruchi-bhakti is established. And the next verse, of course, is about Asakti and the deity comes on the stage and hmm? and Mahaprabhu expresses desire to, to live in the house of Nanda Maharaj as a maidservant there, hmm? and so on. So here we find a similar... Idea is very beautiful. Uh, he moves from petitioning the Ishwar who has all the power to give me the power to say something about you. And by the way, which Ishwar am I speaking about? The Eknath Ishwar, the one exclusive devotion to Him. I'm interested in one God, who ultimately is takes the form of my Pran Ishwar, takes a particular. Let's we see the other night, shows particular qualities, a particular form, has particular leelas that are attractive to my heart that hmm. have arisen in my heart as a result of my association and subsequently taking advantage of that association. So, namam ishwaram, Rupam. Hmm. And then he says something about him. He sat, he's chit, he's ananda. He is the very rupa, the very form of eternity, knowledge and bliss. This is a very abstract idea. Hmm. But the idea is something like this. What are material forms? That's a good question. What is matter is a good question, but and what matters also. But material forms, in one sense, they are derived from consciousness projecting itself onto matter. Hmm? Right? So we have the basic ingredients of this house that are, you know, everywhere. Hmm? Earth, water, fire—however we want to talk about them—but hmm? they become a house because of consciousness, right? A conscious being construes them as such and gives gives shape, in a sense, to the material forms. Hmm? So, if consciousness projected on matter results in its taking shape, various shapes—that's hmm? the whole idea of you know, yeah, I God glanced. And the subtle matter reflected the consciousness, and physical matter evolved out of that. And so, con- otherwise, consciousness matter is in a in, is in a, in the pradhan, in the stage of uh, equilibrium, hmm? has no shape, but by the glancing, it takes shape, and it, and, and and enfolds, enfolds, expands, whatever, hmm? and so on. So. Then the idea is: What if consciousness is to be reposed on itself?
1: Hmm?
0: Right. Hmm. Then this is the idea of spiritual form reflecting on itself. Hmm? Hmm. This is the beauty of Chaitanya charitamrita That it doesn't. It picks up where the where the idea of the that consciousness is different from matter, and that you are consciousness, Le, having left people breathless, like the yogis, and the minds of the jnanis stopped at the thought, hmm? it 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 picks up, and in, 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 in Chaitanya chrit Amrita, Chaitanya means consciousness, the immortal the nectar of the possibilities that lie in the realm of consciousness, it's such a mouthful. I've given an example before that to be in the karmic implicated in the karmic life is like being in negative numbers. If from there you come to zero, zero has a positive connotation in relation to negative numbers. That's a big ah. Oh, I'm out of the negative numbers. Huh, I've arrived at peace. Zero is comfortable. Hmm? But Mahaprabhu was so bold to say, "Wait a minute." Are there any positive numbers? Huh. We're like all just resting here. We just arrived, right? We just got out of the negative numbers. Where it's peace, shanti, shanti, shanti. And you want us to move again? Hmm? And with such a bold question, who can even ask such a thing? Positive numbers. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu says, yes, up to 108. Number. What? Hmm movement and transcendence, variegatedness and transcend We just got away from movement and variegatedness. It was a problem. You felt like this, I felt like that. There were differences, we were at odds, we were fighting, we just got peace and rest, and you want us to move again now. Hmm? Yes. yes, in relation to a significant consciousness, other, who has who is the very form of eternity, knowledge and bliss, that you are just an an anu of. We are just an atomic particle of being. Being means sat. This is what's emphasized in the Gita, this aspect of ourselves, that we are real. We endure, not like material things that come and go here today and gone tomorrow. When Krishna is giving his explanation of why Arjuna should fight, he says, Don't worry about the killing. You know, you're eternal, everybody's eternal, and so on. And so many so many things he points he makes, he's all that is talking about the sat of the jiva. You exist, you exist, you exist. You don't sat means you don't undergo the transformations that material things undergo that cause them to be here today and gone tomorrow. Your sat, your sat. Hmm. and then he concludes his discussion by saying, What can I say? Some people say the self is amazing, some people Experience it as amazing. Some people hear about it it's amazing. It's amazing. What can be said about consciousness? It's not a thing. So how can we define it when all things are defined by comparing them to other things? It's not like anything. What can we say about it? Words stop here. Hmm? Thought stops. Because it is beyond thought and beyond things beyond the thoughts about things. Hmm? So, what can be said? Of course, the sutras, as understood by Baladev, say, naikshitesh hmm? he, he, he sees it as a double negative. Hmm? It's not that somebody can say nothing about it. Not that no one can say nothing or something about it, but no one can say everything about it. Hmm? There's much to be said about consciousness in its full sense, as Bhagwan. Hmm? There's much to be said, but words can't do justice to it. That's true. Words go there and return, and so we need more words. There's not enough. Shankar says, cannot be spoken about. And we say... Cannot enough? Not not enough can be said about. hmm? It's a very different idea, (laughs) right? Not enough can be said about. hmm? So, with the variety, hmm? the the displays of the surup shakti, ongoing, finding, anticipating the desire of Bhagawan and manifesting hmm? in leela, whatever is required for fulfilling his desire at every moment. It's a very interesting idea from war of material existence to peace and from peace to peace and love also, which is again movement and requires variety and so forth and has charm and beauty and much power to... It validates the human sensibilities that there is a love. It's worth pursuing. We are justified in not pursuing spiritual life if the only explanation of it is is gyan give up loving i would rather have loved imperfectly even for a moment than to give it up altogether we're justified in 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 refusing the the call of the upanishads as understood by the gyanis but bhakti confirms the love that you pursue it's what life is about hmm. it can be had hmm. Just, you have to center it on on the perfect object of love. Hmm? So it's very, it's very, I like guess I say, very, um, it's a kind of a spiritual uh, humanism. It validates the human experience. And we, of course, are just an atomic particle of sat, and we are chit in the sense that we are cognizant, and unlike matter, which is achit, it's not that we have all knowledge in us, but we have the capacity for knowing, hmm? cognizing, and so forth. And same with loving. We have the capacity to love. Hmm? Hmm. So in order for that to be, especially the loving component, to be fully experienced, we have to have a significant other. Hmm? Atma, Atmananda is nothing in compared to Bhakti Ananda. That's the central lesson of the Bhagavatam, as taught by Sukadeva's own example. He was an Atmanandi. He was realizing the the bliss of the self, which is significant in one sense, because it's the real object of love in this world is the self. The Upanishads say, we don't love... Man does not love the wife. Wife does not love the man. Parents do not love the children. Children do not love the the parents. Hmm? Everyone loves themselves. In other words, what makes another person or another thing important to me is the extent to which I've projected myself into them by thinking that they are mine, mine. If it's mine, it's important to me. If it's my car that gets a flat tire, it's important. If it's yours, I just keep driving. (laughs) Too bad. So, because I've projected myself into it, hmm? consciousness has the power to project itself into material things and identify with them. hmm? My parents, my children, my husband, my whatever it may be, but it's really the me hmm? that I'm concerned about, or consciousness. So consciousness, the atma, is the real object of love in the world. It's what everybody's really loving, and it's really lovable because it's part and parcel of the Supreme Godhead. hmm? Right? Hmm? If we trace it to its origins, hmm? so we have some capacity to love, but that will be fully realized in relation to the perfect object of love. So, Atmananda is one thing, and Bhakti Ananda, the joy of Bhakti, that is another thing. The Atmananda is not sufficient, nor the Atma Gyan, to dispel the influence of Maya. If it was, we wouldn't be in Maya. Hmm. right so we need help from outside of ourselves that is the ingress of bhakti the sarup shakti that has the power as this namanarastakam is going to tell us to conquer krishna or to speak of dispel the influence of maya then hmm? so we should, so we should petition like the muni nalamesh and say something about oh he is such a rupam he is the full form of eternity, knowledge, and concentrated concentrated Satchitananda. Brahman is like, like, how would you say? Diffused. Diffused or, you know, diluted, diluted Satchitananda. Hmm? Here, Satchitananda is, has a shape, and it's moving. Brahman is everywhere. If you're everywhere, you can't move. There's nowhere to go. You're already there. Hmm. If you're omniscient, you already know everything, there's nothing more to know, and therefore there's nothing to do. Hmm? But in Krishna, such ananda rupam, the form of such, we find he's moving and he's lacking in knowing. He doesn't know, for example. Hmm? What it is in him that drives Radha mad and so on, as we've as we've discussed. There's more knowing in that unknowing than there is in omniscience of of the Godhead with Aishwarya. Hmm? It's a very, very beautiful and charming idea. Hmm? Uh. So he's described, Satchitananda Gana, Gana, like concentrated Satchitananda. It's now taken a shape, and, 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 and in effect, what's causing that, Brahman to take a shape, that is bhakti. Hmm? Because as much as there is bhakti, or surup-shakti, interacting with Bhagawan is as much as he moves. Shakti is not manifest in Brahman, he's not moving. When he's standing next to Lakshmi and reverential devotees in vaikuntha he's got a little movement, a little something's going on. Hmm? We've heard about the leelas of Narayan, in his form of nishringa or Kurma or vamana, there's a little movement there, hmm? right? When we go to Goloka in Krishna Leela, huh? in Dwarka, there's a lot of movement there, hmm? but not like in Vrindavan. In Dwarka, he he sleeps and dreams about Vrindavan, about about Radha, about Yashoda, Subal. Calls out their names, and the queens wake up. Oh, Rukmini said, "Oh, we we know he's really in Vrindavan because at night when he sleeps, sometimes he calls out their names." Satyabhama says, "What do you know? you nothing." He calls him out in the daytime. Hmm. He's not. He's only a shell of himself here. We know that. We don't talk about Vrindavan here because if we do, then he'll be gone. Hmm. In Brindaban, he's always moving. He never sleeping, hmm? practically. Hmm? Right yep. all mother puts him to sleep. He goes out the window all night. He's up, comes back in time just to, just to be look like he's in bed, uh, catch a wink before it's time to wake up again. Hmm? So if we keep you busy around here, you know, let's get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're going to be a, a Gopi or a friend of Krishna. There's, 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 especially one involved in his romantic life. You're going to have to be, a pretty busy guy or gal, hmm, right? So the point being that the bhakti is more intensely manifest there, and what's happening is Brahman is moving that much more. So Brahman is the bhakti is the animating principle in the life of the absolute. Hmm? It can can make he who's everywhere move, not only move, but but dance. Hmm? He who has everything feel want and necessity. Hmm? He who controls everything come under the control of his devotees. So something the Muni has said about him and then he goes on, we'll continue our discussion in the next class. Any question? Time. Okay. Good. So it's nice to sit with all of you and discuss these points. I do appreciate your inquiring nature. That's fifty percent of the of the uh, what's going on here. So it's a tribute to all of you. My respects to everyone. Anant Guru ribash na